one quote that we uh, really liked is that if you're not ashamed to launch a product, it's because you launch too late. Minam Pham and William Walker faced a big challenge when they launched their startup. They wanted to sell cricket-based food in Canada, a country that doesn't have the culture to eat insects. But they had ambition. They believed they could offer everyone, especially athletes, a more sustainable option as their source of protein. They developed a business strategy and invested in a strong brand. Now, their company, NARC, is the leading maker of insect-based food that helps athletes perform better and lead healthy lifestyles. So uh, basically, I'm uh, William. Uh, I'm the CEO of NAC. Um, at NAC, we do cricket uh, energy bars, um, one of the first brands in uh, in Canada, actually. So basically, I do a lot of like financial stuff, operational stuff, uh, making sure that like uh, the teams are communicating with uh, with each other. Uh, it looks like we've got um, a, a big team, but actually, we only have like uh, three employees. So, <laughs> but it's uh, it's still a, a lot of work to. Uh, uh, to make people work in the same direction, and uh, I just like uh, let Min explain what he does. So my name is Min. So I'm co-founder of NAC, and I'm in charge of sales. Um, so um, my job, my day-to-day -day job, is to make sure that um, we um, expand our retail network. Um, so we are dealing with sports stores, with chain, uh, with grocery stores as well, like IGA, Metro. And I make sure that um, we uh, met, that we meet the uh, the objectives. Yeah. All right. Um, so, how did you guys come up with the idea for NAC? Like, what motivated you to get there? Oh, that's a um, long story. Um, so, basically, just for the record, uh, Min and I we know each other for uh, probably like five, six years now. We've been working together for four years at Groupon. So at the e-commerce uh, company, we've been doing um, like business development and um, we had like a pretty good fit working together and uh, we both had like, an, I would say, an entrepreneurial uh, spirit. So uh, we kind of um, connected very well, um, had the same uh, passion for entrepreneurship and uh, we thought that that would be time for us to start doing something. So um, we created the first uh, startup uh, that didn't really work. Uh, then we quit our job to uh, focus full time on um, being entrepreneurs and starting a real company. So we started like uh, three projects at the same time. One of them was NAC. And for each of the projects, um, the goal was just to try our, test our ID uh, the fastest as we can and put something uh, on the market the fastest as we can. So um, uh, NAC actually was the most successful project among the, the, the three projects and we decided to focus on NAC probably just like two months after we launched like the three projects. Cool. Um, How did you guys raise funds and, and uh, you know, which uh, fundraising sources did you use if, uh, if you used more than one? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, basically when we decided to start NAC, we didn't have a lot of money to invest in the company. So one big question was to like how we could find some funds to, uh, to build up something because when you want to create a brand uh, and a product, um, a lot of times you need to have some, uh, some, some financing to uh, get something going. So. We put a bit of our own money in the company. Uh, then we found an angel investor um, and a chef that helped us both uh, put some money in the company and also help us uh, develop the recipe of the product. And um, then we were looking for 
uh, free money a bit, so we applied to a couple of grants. Um, we had a couple of money like that, but probably not more than $15,000. Uh, and uh, then we were looking for some loans. So we got like uh, all the loans that you could get in, uh, in Montreal, like uh, PME Montréal, uh, Futurepreneur, BDC, those kind of stuff. So we have like almost um, 100K in, uh, in loans now in the company, but we didn't get any uh, uh, other investors in the company. We didn't do um, uh, any rounds of financing. So we're uh, almost um, financed like uh, ourselves. Cool. Uh, so, so was that your biggest challenge, or uh, you know, what was what were some of the uh, challenges you faced, and how do you how do you tackle those? So, I think that um, the first biggest challenge that we faced was to make a great product. So, like, product is the most important thing when you uh, launch your startup. So, first we started in, in our kitchen, um, and uh, we made a handcrafted recipe. It uh, tasted disgusting. So. Uh, that's uh, how we, uh, we try to find uh, some partners. So that's why we partnered with a chef uh, who owns a restaurant in, uh, in Montreal uh, to get some advice. And then uh, it took us uh, three months uh, to develop a first MVP uh, that we could sell to our friends, to our triathlon club. But I think that yeah, first um, building a product that people would buy uh, was one of the first uh, biggest challenge. Okay. Did you want to add on to that at all? Or? Um, no, I mean, like, that, that's for sure the first challenge that we've been facing, but there's, like, a lot of other uh, challenge. You know, we're trying to sell crickets in, like, a country that has a culture that doesn't eat crickets at all. But there's, like, 2 billion people in the world eating crickets and eating, like, edible insects every day. So it's, like, a huge change that we got to make in, uh, in our uh, society, in our culture. And that's probably like the biggest challenge that our company is facing right now. Um, so our idea to uh, tackle this issue was to create like a brand that people would, would love actually and something fun, something that uh, people could identify themselves to. So uh, we started to put a lot of energy in the brand and like the first investment real investment that we've done in the company uh, with the like the $15,000 that we've got was to put like $5,000 in our brand just to develop like something strong with a uh, with an agency that would uh, help us um, get to a place where we want it to be. So I think that's one of the challenges that we're facing. Nice. Uh, what's your future vision? Uh, of NAC? Like, of uh, NAC like, as a company? As a company, yeah. So basically we think NAC should be like the, the leader in the industry of like democratizing uh, edible insects. And uh, yeah, that's, that's our day to day. And we want to build like all the products, like a very wide category of products that everyone could, uh, could consume and distribute those products all around the world. Cool. Where do you see you guys in uh, five years? Where do you see the company going? So first, um, I would say that the, the focus will be uh, in Canada uh, for um, at least a couple of months uh, before we go to the, uh, to the US. 
Um, the reason why we want to focus on Canada and not expand everywhere right now is to um, standardize the product, make sure we've got like a good adoption of the customers here um, in, in Quebec and uh, in the rest of Canada also. So we really focus on like the velocity we have in store, um, the number of um, order that a customer will make online and as, as long as we won't have like the, the metrics that we're looking for, I think we'll, uh, uh, we'll not expand too, too much, but uh, probably in a couple of months, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have the answer that we'll, uh, we, we will be looking for. And hopefully in five years, we'll be at least uh, in, uh, in Europe um, in, uh, and across like uh, North America everywhere. That's good. How's the competition? Um, good question. You want to get that one? So uh, I think that we have the chance uh, to be in a space where we are the pioneers. Uh, we are not the first company in North America that uh, launched that type of product. Uh, a couple of, um, of competitors started uh, back in 2012 and 13 uh, in, um, in the Bay Area in San Francisco and in New York as well. Uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that uh, why it's not uh, why you started first that um, you are that you become the leader uh, in the industry, but um, uh, I think that um, it was a good timing for us to launch um, because now in Canada, so it's been two years and uh, we are we are seen as a pioneer. It's it's not a big industry, so uh, we'll have this advantage uh, of the of the leader um, in like five years, five ten years. But uh, it's very important for us to, uh, to keep an eye on our um, traction and not go too fast because we can't go uh, faster than the customer adoption. Got it. So, so as an upcoming you know, company, a startup, I imagine it's really hard to get established in the generic stores. You guys are probably more established in, uh, or especially non-generic stores. But go ahead if you want to answer. Yes, so uh, first uh, we focused on a niche. Uh, William and I, uh, we are triathletes. Um, we qualified for the World uh, Triathlon Championships in 2016. So uh, we first focused on the community that we had, so endurance sport, like triathlon, uh, cycling, um, trail running. Um, so the first stores we, we targeted was the sports stores. But uh, a few months ago, we decided to reposition the brand to be more mass market. So now we are targeting uh, so the sports stores and the grocery stores, the, the natural grocery stores. We are not um, to the point that uh, we can go in the uh, convenience stores or the supermarkets. We are not there yet. So our target is to be very strong in the sports stores and natural grocery stores. Each time you, um, you change your objectives, um, depending on where, where you're at. And initially, what, what Min just said is that we try to focus on like a niche. And as soon as we've seen that we uh, had a good penetration in that niche, um, we identified that we were missing some sales in the grocery stores. And we also analyzed a bit better the, 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 the market because uh, that probably something that we should have done before. But um, we weren't at that point and we were um, just realizing that a lot of the volume in the energy bar industry is just made in the grocery stores and we had to have a product that is positioned to sell very well 
in the grocery stores. So we kind of did like a revamping of the brand, uh, tried to have a product that would be more attractive to everyone because we made a lot of uh, surveys in store and we just um, understood that a lot of customers were just um, passing by the products and looking at them, but just um, they didn't think that the product was targeting them. So they were like, okay, uh, I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, it looks like very uh, uh, for performance people. And uh, But at the end of the day, what we wanted to do um, when we started was to democratize um, cricket protein. And uh, we just think about it and we were like, okay, uh, maybe we're not achieving our goal that much and we're um, losing a bit of sales uh, because, because a lot of people actually were um, aware about the brand and aware about like what we were doing, but they were not consuming the products because they thought that it wasn't for them. So we repositioned the brand just to make sure that we could capture like uh, all those sales that we've left um, on the floor and that we could achieve better um, our mission actually. Another question I have is, do you guys have any other ideas for products that you want to build with cricket powder? Yeah, sure. That's also another thing that we've, uh, we've analyzed. We've got a lot of friends uh, that were uh, really supporting us in the project, but that were not like consuming the products. And we were like, okay, guys, uh, why aren't you consuming the product? So um, they were like, okay, I'm, not just, I'm just not consuming energy bars. And that's not about your brand. I'm not consuming other energy bars. So we were like, okay, so there's a couple of people that are interested in consuming cricket protein, but they just don't have other alternative uh, to consume it. So um, we decided to start thinking about like new products that we could launch. We were also at that point that we uh, uh, have the operations in place to start building new products. Uh, so very recently, like three months ago, we launched the um, cricket protein powder just itself, uh, which is our like just the raw material for us that we're using in our uh, uh, in our products. But it's very good for education because we can post a lot of recipes that people can do at home and uh, it, it helps a lot like democratizing the cricket protein. So that's one product that we've launched. And we're also working on like two, three other products to launch in the next um, 18 months, I would say. Very cool. So you guys have been working on this NAC uh, startup for how long now? Um, two years and a half, something like that. Yeah, we started in uh, 2016 in March, really. We incorporated in uh, April, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been a long, you know, road. Uh, what's, what's like the key thing in NAC that you would, you know, tell their entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs about a startup, like how to be successful? So, I think that um, the key thing for us was to uh, make our first sales very quickly. So we developed an MVP in two, three months, and then we went at some sporting events to sell uh, our product to the sporting community. So I think that if you don't want to die, obviously, you have to make your first sales uh, as soon as possible, build a community. And I think that one of our uh, strengths was to uh, develop quickly a big community around our product. So what we, what we did, um, so the first summer when, when we started, uh, we went in all that triathlon events and we bought um, a camera and we uh, would uh, picture everybody um, like um, at, uh, at like racing, like uh, running, swimming, biking. And then 
we would um, bring those people to our Facebook page and uh, we would say, um, like, tag you and, and, uh, and your friend. And with this method, uh, we were able to, to build our Facebook community pretty quickly because it's something that people want, like people uh, in the sporting events, uh, they want a picture of themselves. So it was free a kind pictures. of, like, yeah, free, free pictures because uh, all the events, they, um, they sell those pictures to, um, to, um, to the racers and we would offer them for free on our Facebook page and uh, so they were very happy to, uh, to uh, see themselves. So we did that in like 10 events and, and, uh, and what, what's funny about that is that some of the people racing that we tagged on the pictures came at us at some events later and they were like, oh, you're Nike, like you're this photograph company. And we're like, no, actually we do energy bars with crickets. That was really funny. Yes, yeah, so I think it's, w when you start, you need to build a community, right? And uh, it was kind of a hack for us. So um, like make our first sales, build a community. So I think it's, it's what uh, made us um, gr grow pretty quickly. Yeah, and if I may add something on the, the first part, like launch, uh, launch your product very quickly. Actually, Min and I, we like read a lot of stuff, uh, listened to a lot of podcasts, like how to start a startup. And, uh, and one quote that we uh, really liked is that if you're not ashamed to launch a product, it's because you launch too late. So believe me, we were not... Uh, <laughs> We were not ashamed with our product. It was like uh, really, um, really quick, and uh, the product was not really good. But at least we started to sell the product, get our first customers, improving like recipes, um, recipes over recipes, and uh, I think that's something we've done good because otherwise we couldn't have like just uh, uh, stay around and uh, not selling the products because we needed to get some cash in the company actually. So, yeah, launch quickly, I would say. Gosh, that's so cool. Um, what, what is the favorite, or what's your favorite part of your role right now in the company? Um, like, what, what do I like to do in the company? Yeah, what do you like to do the most? Um, there's, like, I, I'm, I, my background is more like uh, marketing, so I always enjoy, like, working about, like, the brand and how we can democratize uh, crickets online and uh, in-store, what would be the, the marketing strategy. But there's also something that I started to really like is more working about like all the financial stuff. Um, I'm not coming from finance, but I really like um, playing with the numbers and getting things um, organized in the accounting and, and financing. So uh, I'm starting to really enjoy that part and we're probably thinking about trying to make our first round of investment and get some partners in the company. So it's like, it's pretty exciting actually. So uh, I do sales. So um, I think that's uh, the most uh, re rewarding part is uh, when you build strong relationships uh, with the stores, with the big chains, uh, chains and uh, make them happy. Um, make sure that uh, you have a good velocity, that uh, your product works. And when you have a store or um, like a chain, like uh, like Avril or Marchetto or, or MEC, uh, that they are very happy with, uh, with, with your products and, uh, and with the sales. I think it's, uh, it's a very good, uh, good thing to, uh, to build a strong, um, long-term relationship. So it's all about relations, I would say. Yeah. Um, I saw on your publicity that you, you were able to, like um, this year, slash down the price, like kind of like significantly. 
and like you're you're beginning to be like your price beginning to be like really more competitive like not only um when we're talking about cricket market but like with protein bars market as well and i was wondering how did you do that um very very uh interesting question actually we um we decided first to um lower the price because we had a lot of feedback that it was too expensive um so first at, at the beginning we didn't care about like those uh, those comments because people were still buying the products uh but then we realized that we had to listen to that so uh, we figured a way to do it and the way we did it was um also um uh, mixed with another comments that we had from our customers and this comment was that they couldn't finish the products because the product was too big and we wanted to do something like a very um, qualitative so uh, uh, we had like a 65 gram bar uh, that you were really stuffed like after uh, after eating the bar because it was made especially for um, endurance sports so min and i when we were doing like a, an 100 kilometer uh, bike ride we would eat like two or three bars and we would still keep being uh, hungry uh, at the end at the end of the ride but then i was giving a bar to my girlfriend and she was eating uh, uh, the bar at the office and she was like it's too much like um, i'm just eating half of the bar and i'm like what don't you like it or but actually it was just too much so we decided to cut a bit the, um, the format and um, we now have like a 50 gram bar Uh, instead of 65 so it's part of how we could uh, just uh, lower the, the price and actually the velocity is uh, way better now in store the price point is uh, way more attractive and uh, i think that was a really good decision that we've made so far yeah because i think like the the, the really interesting part is that like now you're being competitive as well as the like protein bar market not yeah on, sure. not, not only in, like in the cricket market Yeah. And like I like I, I worked like one year in a triathlon store at Montreal, and like one of the biggest like concern is like yeah it was too expensive and like they were weren't able to finish the bar so yeah it's nice yeah cool <laughs> I'm glad you had this feedback as well <laughs> um, I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about uh, the supply chain how do you bring all the products together and then how do you guys plan on scaling um, according to growth. Um, so that 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 part is really interesting, also because um, we couldn't be what where we're uh, at today if we uh, didn't meet like the right person to um, actually have those operations. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we've had, and I, I could have um, answered uh, this to that question as well, is to find a co-packer to um, to manufacture the products. Uh, we've been thinking like, are we manufacturing the products ourselves, or are we are we just finding someone? Uh, we didn't want to invest in the um, uh, in the in the machines to uh, to build the products, so we thought that the best solution and the fastest solution to to still um, keep like investing in the marketing uh, was to find someone reliable and that would do like a good quality job to do it. So um, we found like a company uh, that is based in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu uh, that is manufacturing the product. And basically, we're, we're, we've been very lucky because those guys really believed in what we were doing. Uh, so they they agreed to uh, manufacture the products, but it, 
it's like such a small volume for them. They had to uh, uh, lower the minimum quantity for us to uh, uh, manufacture the products. And they're doing like all the job for us. We're just like buying the uh, cricket powder from uh, the farm uh, in Ontario, uh, getting the products into the factory. Then they are uh, buying like all the raw materials, all the ingredients, everything. Uh, they mix it together and then we just um, like do our designs for the packaging print it, bring it to, our, to their factory. Same for um, our um, like presentation uh, boxes of uh, 12 bars. And then they just uh, produce it and uh, pack all the products and they, uh, they deliver the skids directly to our office. So we just have to focus on like marketing and sales. However, it's like still a headache sometimes to uh, make things work uh, great and like uh, control the, quali the quality of the products when you can't actually uh, control all the process. Uh, but it's, it's, I think it's less of a headache than if we were doing it ourselves. Cool, thank you. Um, I would add uh, so, uh, so, uh, something to that. So you said, uh, how do we scale? Uh, so this factory, um, it's very big. So uh, they can scale up like, um, so if tomorrow we want to make 100,000 bars, we can. They are dealing with Sobeys, Metro, etc. Uh, if we want to develop a new product, we'll have to find uh, new co-packers who specialize in this kind of product. For example, this factory, uh, they only do muffins and cakes uh, and energy bars, but they don't do smoothies, for example. So if tomorrow we want to develop a smoothie uh, cricket-powered energy, uh, energy drink, we'll have to, uh, to find another co-packer. And, and as I mentioned, like finding a co-packer is like really, uh, really tough uh, because you have either like the big ones that want like one million bar per batch that you can't you can do because like we're just like selling uh, 20,000 bars a month. Um, and uh, there's then there's like the small ones where um, when you do the first meeting, they don't want you to visit the kitchen. So you're like, okay, so you got to find like the right one for your size. And as long as we're growing, it's easier to find like a um, um, good quality company to do, uh, to do those kind of stuff, actually. When you're small, when you're stalling, it's like uh, it's probably the most uh, challenging, uh, challenging part. But now that we know that when we'll launch a product, we'll have a demand, then it's easier to find the, the right partners and to uh, uh, agree to do bigger volumes. Um, maybe you already answered this question, but uh, why crickets in the first place? So, um, William and I, um, we got very in interested in uh, sport nutrition for our trainings because we were doing Ironmans. And um, so, one friend of us, uh, who is passionate about nutrition, told us, oh, uh, you, hey guys, you should try the cricket protein. It's uh, the food of the future. Um, so you should read about it and integrate it in your, in your uh, nutrition. So uh, we just uh, went like on Google, uh, type cricket protein, and we were like astonished. Um, it's uh, two times more protein than beef. It has a lot of vitamin B12, potassium, iron, and it's very eco-friendly. So it's really um, fit with our values. So we started to integrate it in our uh, nutrition plan. And uh, we've, we found out that it would be very cool to, uh, to, um, to uh, do something with that. And um, also we read a report uh, on the future of food. Uh, it's a kind of report uh, that was released by um, the United Nations. And they say that in 2050 will be uh, 5 billion people on Earth. 
Yes. Uh, 50. Yeah. No, no, no. 10, 10 billion people uh, on Earth and uh, that uh, we need to find more sustainable kind of food in order to feed the population. And one of the best alternatives is, is uh, the cricket protein. Um, and why not um, plant-based protein versus crickets? Um, so why not? Uh, because um, so it's another alternative. So it's another alternative. And uh, um, a lot of reports say that uh, it's one of the best alternatives uh, in terms of... Uh, of uh, sustainability, so for us, uh, we liked the uh, the idea. Also, we wanted to challenge our uh, our mindset, our education, because it's not common to uh, to use cricket here uh, in food. So uh, we found out that it will be a very good challenge for us to develop products that contains cricket as well. And just um, just to um, complete what Min was saying, we were also switching into a vegetarian diet. And uh, we were um, already like on a plant-based um, uh, diet, and we were lacking some protein and some complete protein as well. So what we really liked about the cricket protein is the fact that it has um, like all the uh, amino acids, like the nine uh, essential amino acids, to uh, uh, rebuild the muscles and all that. And um, and of course the fact that it was very uh, very eco-friendly and that nobody was using it so we figured that as an alternative it might um, we might be able to reduce like the consumption of beef and all the the the, the, the meat actually uh, uh, protein uh, by launching this um, alternative protein so we thought that the the opportunity was big uh, and uh, we were believing that it would be the future so we just jumped into it yeah, you basically mentioned it before in terms of the sustainability factor uh, in terms of cricket protein. How how has that sort of story resonated uh, with consumers in terms of marketing a product, in terms of sustainability? Obviously, in the States, everyone's trying to consume less CO2 and they're worried about their carbon footprint, just in terms of discussing that broadly. Yes, it's uh, resonated very well, and especially in the niche in which we started, the sport community. Um, there are people who are more aware uh, about their impact on the environment uh, like, because they do like outdoor sports and uh, so it uh, resonated very well, like us. So f for us, it was, it, it was a very big thing when we, le when we learned that and um, I think that uh, it's in, uh, in the biggest trend, like everybody tried to uh, limit their waste and uh, I think that uh, it fits with people's values, especially the millennials. So we have a very good feedback about that. And there, there is also like um, another community that we discovered after we launched the product is like all the zero waste community. We're sold like in all the, um, uh, the zero waste stores in Montreal, like Loco, Vrake Boco, like uh, all those stores. And we've got a great, great velocity in there just because people are actually like um, paying attention to what they're consuming in terms of uh, um, footprint. And, um, but I would say that th this is, like the message is really cool and people care about that, but I would say that it's not um, often that people will really buy a product for that reason in the first place. So what we tried to do is to do like a great product that was also good for the environment. 
So we really focused on getting like a good taste in the product, getting like very good nutrition facts on the product so people would really be stuffed with it and will really like consuming it, working on the texture um, so they don't have to drink like one liter of water uh, each time they take a bite. And, um, and we really focused on getting a good product that people would, would love and then as an additional benefit, it's good for the planet. Um, you also said that marketing is a big part of your activity. Uh, I, I remember like one year ago, I was not ready to try cricket uh, protein. I was at an event and you were there. I was like, I will never ever try. And uh, a few months ago, I tried and I liked it. Congrats. So, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do it? Uh, how do you change the mind of the people? What is your marketing strategy to, to make this switch for, for some people who are not ready to make the jump? I, I think it's first it's time. Uh, like everyone has his own timing and some people will be ready before others. Uh, but all those people that have tried already can really influence other people to try it. Because even, even if you say like, oh no, I don't want to try crickets, there's a part of you that is curious and wants to try it. So when you hear someone that tells you, oh, um, I tried it, I really liked it and I think you should try then you'll probably see our products once or twice again and then just buy it or try it at like a sample or something uh, just to see what it tastes like. So we're really focusing on that. And also, so the, I think the first thing that we got to do is getting people to try the products. So we're working a lot with like all the stores, uh, the sporting events, so we can make sure um, we've got like displays there and we can um, demo the product to hundreds of thousands of people and uh, the more the more people will try it the more people will be able to buy it then and we we can um, win some time just by sampling the products and making sure people try it and this year we just tried like a, a new strategy uh, we don't have like the the, the results yet but uh, we'll see in a couple of months but we're giving um, samples into uh, participant bags into sporting events so that way you can have like 1000 people at a time just um, getting the products with a bit of information about like why they should try the products why NAC, why cricket and um, I think that's, that will help us a lot, like just getting there and making sure everyone has tried crickets and then you like it or not, but at least you've, you've tried. Why did you try the, the product? Why did you change your mind? I think it's because of one your video of, on Facebook. <laughs> like they are great. Okay. Uh, how do, like, do you come up with the ideas or do you work with some agencies? Or? We do that internally, so we brainstorm. It's a very long process, it's very tough. To, uh, to make a, a very good video, which goes uh, very well. Um, but to answer to, uh, to your question, so I think that uh, the most important thing, our marketing strategy is to build a great product first. So our challenge is to make uh, the cricket sexy and tasty. So uh, people, um, if they don't like the product, they, they wouldn't buy again. So, uh, it doesn't matter um, if it's uh, inside it's crap or not. If you like it, you will buy again because you want to have some pleasure, right? And then um, it's uh, about making a cool brand. And I think that's why you, you bought the product. It's because of the videos. And so uh, I, we, we strongly believe in building a very strong brand like Red Bull, like Nike, th that type of, of brand that's a of, uh, that stand out, and at the end of the day, that's why you will buy NAC, 
and not another uh, Quicket energy bar. And just a last one, um, how do you plan to scale your customer service? Because uh, I had a little issue with the, the bar, and you set me one, another, here, right here. So uh, how do you plan to scale this um, kind of... Uh, yeah, actually, we, um, we got like uh, some issues with, uh, for example, uh, lack of inventory, um, as I said, like standardization of the, the products and the recipe. So um, I'm myself focusing on this and uh, we now have like an employee to handle like all the customer service. They, she also do like the, all the community management because um, we don't have that much uh, customer service to do. Uh, but um, each time there's an issue with the product or anything, we replace it. Like we uh, refund the customer if he doesn't want to, um, to have a replacement for the product. It's always like service and just making sure customers are happy even if they're not happy actually. But uh, we're doing the, our best just to um, make sure we um, keep like a good reputation for the brand and a good image for the brand. Uh, I am also one of your customer. I've been buying <laughs> your bars yeah. at least 10 times. My preferred one is the ch chocolate orange one. Um, now, uh, my question was, um, you mentioned that both of you have been working for Groupon for a few years. How did this experience help you when you, you've been launching the company? Yes, for sure. And um, Groupon, it's a sales uh, company. Like 80% uh, uh, of the people working there are, um, are salesmen. So um, I think um, it really helped us to, um, to execute very quickly, to, uh, to sell. Um, I think that's our ability to sell comes a lot from Groupon. Yeah, and also, um, like, Groupon is one of the fastest growing company ever. So um, it's like we were always doing some stuff and moving forward. Mm -hmm. it, it, like, we learned to make decisions quickly and just execute. And then sometimes it was like bad decisions, but sometimes it's like easier to fail fast than just not take a decision. So I think that's also something that Groupon taught us. And obviously, like the fact that we work together for like three, four years and we work directly together. So it was like such a great experience for us to build a strong team. Um, and then, uh, I mean, that's probably one of the, the biggest value that we have is in the company is like how different we are and how we can complete each other um, on, a, on, on our skills. So it's, uh, it's probably also something that Groupon taught us. You said, Williams, that you like playing with the numbers. I'm interested to know where you are today in the break-even curve. And um, if it's not a confidential information, what was the initial investment you brought in the company and which uh, financing means you've used? Basically, initially, we got like those uh, 15, uh, 15K from those two investors. Uh, Min and I, we put like uh, $5,000 each in the company. Then we had to reinvest <laughs> at one time because uh, we didn't have en enough uh, money on the bank account to uh, make some payments. So it was like another um, um, risk that we, have to, uh, we had to, uh, to, to make to uh, keep the company uh, uh, just uh, alive. And um, then we got like a lot of uh, loans and all those stuff, but now we're really uh, focusing on profitability. And uh, I just like finished right before I came um, our uh, last quarter um, uh, check and uh, actually we're almost break even. 
uh, on the last quarter uh, without any uh, any financing. So um, it's uh, it's it's good first step for us to move uh, into that uh, into that part. And uh, and now that's why we want to have a good stability to make sure we're there for uh, for the long term. And if we need to grow faster, then we'll be able to get some money because we'll have like good 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 traction, good KPIs. And I think it's it's going to be really easy to find. Are you focused only on the Canadian market? Uh, right now, yes. And I would say we're even focused uh, on the on the Quebec market because a lot of our efforts is on the Quebec market. We're we have a couple of stores in the rest of Canada. Uh, we're also doing a couple of uh, uh, Facebook ads in the rest of Canada. But the market where we get some traction right now is really Quebec. And that's where we put all our efforts in terms of uh, brand awareness, in terms of uh, ads, all that. It's uh, mainly in Quebec. So we want to make sure again that we've got like a good adoption of the product here before we get somewhere else. And I met like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are uh, really successful in these kind of like food industry. And they all said, just make sure that you're good where you're at first before you move uh, somewhere else. So we, it took us some time to, uh, to learn that. Uh, because initially we wanted to be like everywhere in Canada and even in the US we started to sell on Amazon in the US we started to sell on Amazon in uh, Mexico uh, in uh, in UK as well because we wanted to get the products everywhere but then we realized that that was probably not the good strategy because we were splitting all our uh, efforts in terms of marketing and sales everywhere and we didn't have like the team and the financials to support that so we just figured that it would make more sense if we focused on like the place where we make um, like 90% of our revenue and um, and try to get it to the next level, um, get into like the major uh, retailer banners, uh, just to make sure we build like the credibility of the product. And uh, and that I think that's what we've done so far because we got into like MEC, we've got into uh, uh, Sport Expert, we've, we got into Avril, Rachel Berry. So all those banners that everyone knows here in Quebec and it brings like the brand to uh, to the next level so it it also became more clear for us that what the strategy is going to be when we'll get into uh, other provinces or uh, uh, into other countries thanks for listening to the wagon live tune in next week for another episode if you haven't already make sure you subscribe by hitting the subscribe button 